Hi, I'm Dr. Holly Tett, and with over a decade working in clinical psychology and dog behaviour, I've built my business into a small but mighty empire, allowing me to help thousands of dogs and their people each year. And the best bit? I'm no longer burning myself out in the process. And now I'd love to help you to do the same. This is the first dog trainer podcast to delve into the real talk when it comes to working as a dog professional, the highs, the lows, and how to provide emotional support for the dog, the human caregiver, and also for you, the trainer. So if you're a force-free dog pro who cares deeply for the dogs and people that you help, you are in the right place. Welcome to Training Dogs, Training People, and Keeping Our Together. Hello there, and welcome back to Training Dogs, Training People, and Keeping Our Together episode two. So today we're going to be talking about procrastination and specifically procrastination as a dog pro business owner. Now, I am a lifelong procrastinator. Lifelong. (laughs) Um, I remember when I was at school, when I was at secondary school, um, you know, before my GCSE exams, I had this massive portfolio for my, I did food technology as GCSE. And I remember being up at 4am the night before the deadline and I was worried that my mum would catch me so I was doing like everything under torchlight (laughs) so I didn't get in trouble um and I remember at university I uh at my the university where I went to we had to give um assignments in by 12pm so they used to go in 12pm at lunchtime and I lived on campus in the first year and it was probably like a 10 minute walk from my dorm room to the submissions cabinet and what they used to do is at 12 o'clock on the dot the um, administrator would put a yellow piece of paper into the submissions cabinet so anything that went on top of that was late so they would know who was late handing their work in. So I would honestly be typing at quarter to 12, finishing off my references or something like that, and then run over sweating like crazy to get it into that filing cabinet by 12. It was always in there by 12, but it was touch and go a couple of times. So I'm a lifelong procrastinator and to this day I will put things off, I will have a nap, I will clean my kitchen, I will do tasks that do not need to be done to put off doing other things and it's interesting because the things I'm putting off they're often not even things I'm dreading, they're not things that are really hard or things that are really monotonous or things that I don't want to do, it's often just the sheer volume of work that makes me feel a bit overwhelmed and then I'm like right well I can't be doing any of that. So it's something that I've really had to work on um, and lots of strategies that I've tried, lots and lots of strategies until I've found something that works for me. And I do think it is really individual. I do think we all work in a different way. Our brains are all wired a little bit differently. But we're going to talk a little bit today about why we procrastinate sometimes. Um, and I'm going to give you a couple of tips that hopefully will help you because they helped me as well. So just thinking about procrastination. So you may be like me so I told myself a story for years and I mean like 20 years I told myself the story of oh it's just that I work really well under pressure (laughs) so I can't get it done ahead of time because I need that pressure to motivate me I need that pressure to push me into a corner and say do it do it now (laughs) Um, and that's the story that I told myself for a long time the thing is that all I'd really done is I'd learned to adapt because I gave myself no other choice, did I? <laughs> so of course I had to learn to work well under pressure because I only had a couple of hours to do something that should have taken a week or whatever it was. So let's be real. 
procrastination it comes from a place of fear like so many things that we do in life it comes from a place of oh my gosh what if I'm not good enough what if I'm not liked what if this doesn't get a good mark what if this doesn't have the desired effect that I want it to what if this social media post doesn't go viral like I expect it to what if people give me negative comments what if what if what if what if so when we think about this from a human psychological perspective, essentially it's a threat to self. We feel threatened and most of us, if we're honest, we want to be liked. I definitely want to be liked. <laughs> I find it really hard when I'm not liked and when an opinion I have is unfavourable. I'm doing better at it, but I still find it tricky. I'm a people pleaser. I like to please other people. So when I feel like they're not pleased by me, (laughs) that's really difficult for me. And it comes back from childhood and all kinds of patterns that we have in life. We've all got those different patterns. But essentially, when we feel like there's a threat to our self or the perception that others have of us being a good dog trainer being a good business owner a good mom dad dog parent whatever it is that you however you call whatever you call yourself um and we don't like to feel threatened our body and our mind has that nervous system response to feeling under threat and the body doesn't know the difference between it being a real physical threat to life and an emotional threat to self so often when we feel that that threat that threat that worry that we're not going to be liked or it's not going to be good enough or whatever it is we shut down in a sense so that's my method so that's where I have my nap (laughs) that I really don't need um Or we go and do something else. Oh, well, you know, if I don't start that thing that I'm procrastinating on, I can't get it wrong, can I? (laughs) So it often comes comes back to a real place of perfectionism. So lots of us hold ourselves to really high standards. We... And there's nothing wrong with that to a degree. So, of course, we want to produce good work. We want to be able to help dogs and their people. We don't want to be giving subpar work to clients. That's not what I'm saying. But often we hold ourselves to such an unattainably high standard that actually we end up punishing ourselves when we don't meet that high expectation that we've got of ourselves. So the antidote to perfectionism is procrastination. Because like I said, if you don't start, you can't get it wrong. (laughs) So, these are all just things to be aware of doesn't make it doesn't make it right or wrong it doesn't mean you're a good person a bad person a self-aware person or not it's just recognizing when these things come up and saying what is going on here (laughs) why am I behaving in this way so I'm going to give you four tips just to help if you are someone that struggles with procrastination if you write out that big old to-do list and then you find yourself scrubbing your oven for example (laughs) or what can often happen and this is super common in business owners is we do lots of the busy tasks so we do lots of email checking and replying to we spend hours perfecting that beautiful social media graphic we spend ages restructuring one of our courses or something like that when actually none of those things in the long term are going to push your business forward and allow you to help more dogs actually they're just busy work to kind of keep you distracted from doing those big things those big scary things that actually move the needle and get you progressing forward okay so tip number one firstly you want to identify the fear so when you find yourself procrastinating And when you find yourself 
not being able to tick those big things off that to-do list. Ask yourself the question, what's going to happen? <laughs> so let's say that I am putting off writing an email to my email list and I say, okay, why do I keep putting this off? Why have I not said this yet? I should have done this two days ago. Why haven't I sent it? Okay, so let's identify the fear. Maybe I'm a bit scared that people are going to have a bad reaction to this blog post that I've written, for example. It's quite controversial. Maybe I'm scared I'm going to get some negative comments. Okay, so what's going to happen? That's the question you ask yourself and then you answer it. Oh, well, if I get negative comments, then um, people are think, going to think I'm not a very good trainer. Okay, and then what's going to happen? Oh, well, then people will stop booking um, to work with me. Uh-huh. And then what's going to happen? Oh, and then I'm going to have to reach out to find some new people. And you just go on and on and on until you can't ask any more questions. And what usually happens is we get to the fear at the root of it. And we also find that, you know what, it's not actually as scary as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. So let's say that I got to the end of that sequence And I discovered that the fear was I was going to lose clients and I was going to have to look for new ones. Well, actually, maybe I'm losing the clients that aren't a very good fit for me and my business. If I've come out with a bold, confident blog post about something to do with dogs or dog behavior and people are coming back and being really angry and really um, defensive about what I've said, chances are they're probably not my people. Do I want to keep them in my audience? Maybe not. Maybe actually... I'd rather bring in some of those people who are aligned with what I believe in. And I'm not saying that everyone has to believe with ev- believe in everything that you say. Not at all. We all have our different opinions. But if you're finding that the things that are really important to you, that you're passionate about, that are part of your mission as a dog trainer or behaviourist, if those are the things that are grating people and rubbing them up the wrong way, chances are some of those people might not, might not be your people. Okay, so that's number one. So number two, I want you to think about adding systems into your business. Now, before you switch off, (laughs) because it is a bit more boring, when we're thinking about systems, systems will make your life easier. Now, there are hundreds of different types of systems. I've probably got I would say close on to 100 different systems in my business. But what systems allow you to do is it allows things to be much more automated. So I'll give you a really basic example. Let's say you get lots of inquiries about helping adolescent dogs with recall, something very, very common. So maybe you get one of those a week or one of those a day, for example. You could be procrastinating on bigger tasks by spending 20 minutes typing out an email reply to every single one of those requests and that's taking up a heck of a lot of your time well instead you could just write an email response that is designed to answer a question about recall now of course you want to add in some personalization of course if someone tells you something specific about your dog about their dog you might want to draw on that or make some comment about something they've said we do want to make people feel as though we're listening to them and it's not just a stock response but you do not need to write out every single time this is Uh, these are my rates, this is how you can book in, this is um, the options that we have for recall. Because if they're going to be the same for every dog, then just have them saved so you can pull them up, copy and paste, pop it in the email and you're good to go. So things like that are going to take so much more time off of your plate doing really menial tasks. It allows you to have more time to work on those big things that you might be procrastinating on otherwise. Because we say to ourselves, I don't have time, I'm too busy, when actually a lot of the time we're spending doing things like that. 
So systems are really important. Alongside that, tip number three is non-negotiables. So I talk about this with my dog training clients and I talk about this with the dog trainers that I support as well. Having non-negotiables in your life is so crucial to maintaining mental health, physical health and business health because there are things that your business needs in order to function and in order to survive and keep running and run in a a helpful way essentially so things that we need to make sure we're doing so I've just spoken about how you can streamline your email process but replying to client inquiries is important and actually sometimes when we get scared and when we get worried about what people are going to think of us we might leave it a couple of days stuff like that well actually that's going to potentially put someone off whereas if you had something in your auto email reply that said we aim to get back to you within 24 hours or 48 hours or however long it is for you that sets the expectation for that person it holds them in place until you're ready to reply to that email and then you make that a non-negotiable so every day or every other day or every three days I check my emails and I reply to them and I get back to people So that's a really important example of a non-negotiable. Another example of a non-negotiable might actually be something as simple as I take a break. (laughs) So this is something I had to weave in because when I get really hyper-focused on on doing something, I could be at my computer for hours and I want to make sure that I get a break, but also that my dogs get a break as well. So now every single day, 12pm regardless of what I'm doing whatever I'm working on I stop doing it I don't have calls at that time and my dogs and I will go on a walk go on a wander go on a sniff walk do some training do something fun together so that's protecting my mental health my dog's mental and physical health as well and it's also protecting my business because it's allowing me to take a step back take a break and then go back to something refreshed rather than slogging on and slogging on for hours and hours and hours so non-negotiables are another a really really helpful way of managing procrastination because you say okay well I know I've got this dog walk at 12 so that means I've got two hours for example to work on this this and this and it just allows you to schedule things just that little bit better okay and number four this is the most important one for me and this is actually about giving yourself a little mental health check-in So if you're finding yourself procrastinating more and more and more, and this could be on business tasks, this could be on life tasks, this could be on everything in your life. If you find yourself, oh, I can't really face cleaning up or I can't really face teaching tonight or I can't really face making that phone call to my friend who I normally like to speak to. It's just worth having a little sit down and a mental health check in with yourself. How am I feeling? Am I feeling all right? Am I feeling burnt out? Am I anxious? Am I sad? What's going on for me right now? Um, for me personally, and um, those of you that know me already from Paws Up Dogs, you'll know that I speak quite openly about having depression for many, many years and it ebbs and flows and it, it comes up again and then it, it ebbs down again. And I just need to be aware of it. So when I start to find myself procrastinating more and more, actually, am I taking a bit of a downturn? And if I am, what do I need to do to help myself to stop that from going further down and further down? And everyone's different. You're all going to have your different strategies in terms of that. And that's a much bigger conversation than just for this episode. But it's just worth taking note because often we're unaware of when our mental health is declining. We are so wrapped up in life and so wrapped up in trying to keep doing all of the things that actually we don't notice. I'm actually struggling a little bit here. Um, And mainly because 
dog professionals are a caring profession. We're often doing everything for all of the people, whether that's our clients, our dogs, our own dogs, <laughs> our friends, our family, our neighbours, whoever we have in our lives. So it's very, very important to keep um, tabs on yourself as well and just keep noticing when things might be just veering off left field a little bit. Okay, so I hope that was a helpful conversation in thinking about procrastination and hopefully you've taken some tips there that you can go and employ if you are a procrastinator yourself. If you're not, I hold my hat out to you because honestly, I'm very impressed. I've tried very hard not to be a procrastinator for many years, but it's very difficult. So if you're not, then um, thank you for making it so far through this episode. But also my hat off to you. Okay, just before we finish, we have something really super exciting as part of this new podcast launch, part of our celebration. So we've put together something really cool. So lots of you know about my six month VIP business coaching program. Some of you have gone through it already. But just for the launch of this podcast, we have shrunk that program down to a four week intensive business boot camp. So if you are a force free dog professional and you'd really love to give your business a boost, whether that's revenue, whether that's getting those systems in place, whether that's help with procrastination, imposter syndrome, whatever it might be. We can have a deep dive into your business over these four weeks, put a complete plan in place and help you achieve those goals really, really quickly. So it's just something that we've got available for the moment. We've only got five spaces available at the time of this recording. So if you would like to be in with a chance to grab one of those spaces, send me an email to info at pauseupdogs.com or follow the link in the show notes. Or you can send me a DM on Instagram at pauseupdogstraining. Okay, look forward to working with some of you and I will see you next time. Take care.